Praise God. Amen. That's what we've come to do is praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you got a chance to not only say hello before service, but get to eye this beautiful bunch I brought with me, which is, uh, of course, starting with my wife, Mary. Everybody should have met you by now, but for those who haven't, that's my wife, so, yep, that's my property there, and uh, God's blessed me with a wonderful wife, and we've got five kiddos presently, one in the oven, and uh, thank God for that, and yes, I'm thanking God for that, tax shelter, no, I'm just kidding, y'all know about that around here, but no, um, thank God for my kiddos are going to be singing with me tomorrow and tomorrow, tomorrow evening, so don't fail to be here. Amen. I feel like you're a quiet bunch tonight, but hopefully by the end it won't be so quiet, but that's all right too. Amen. And I'm thankful for God's presence we've felt. And I have a, a word for you tonight that I want to share from the book of James. I want to begin, though. Asking the question, are you going through something in your life that you don't understand? You don't know why it happened to you. You look for answers, you ask God, what's the reason for the trial, and you have no answer. You try to search for something you may have done wrong, you have no answer. Can't come up with a solution as to why. And in your mind, the only thing you're thinking is, Lord, can you please take this from me? I'd love for you to just eliminate the issue. Let it go away. And um, as we study this text tonight, though, I think that we're going to learn some things as to why that's not going to be the way God solves the issue. Because while we would want the problems to go away, we would never learn if they did. And I know that that's not a popular word, but it is the truth, and it is God's word. And there are some things that I want to point our attention to tonight in the book of James. A familiar passage of scripture, but it's a good reminder for those of us who remember and are learning and, and growing in doctrine and theological endeavors. Our theology is, as you've heard, is going to need to put on some feet. I heard someone talking about the Word of God the other day in the lives of Christians, and he said sometimes we're practical atheists. We believe God, but when it comes to our practice in our lives, we, we act as if we don't believe. Practical atheists. I thought that was an interesting way to put it. But it's clear from the book of James that what you believe is going to be put to the test. And you may want the problems to go away. You don't know why they're there. But James has a solution for that too. And I want us to look at the book of James starting in verse 2. And when you're there, say amen. My brethren, my brethren, stand. <laughs> and women. He says, my brethren, count it all joy. 
when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, everyone say knowing this. We've got to know something. We've got to know something in the midst of the struggle that the trying of your faith works patience. Everyone say endurance. It's a long race. It's a long race, not a short one. Some people think that Christianity is a sprint. It's a, it's a long jog. It's a race of endurance. And it's one we're going to have to have endurance worked into us. But let endurance or patience, let it have her perfect work in you. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, and he abrades not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You may be seated tonight. I'd like to give you my title tonight, and it's Taking Back Your Joy. Taking Back Your Joy. And I didn't plan to go here at the beginning, but I will. The Bible is not asking us, the Holy Spirit is not portraying a picture of life where everything you experience is joyful. When he says, count it all joy, the Holy Spirit is not saying that joy is demanded in every situation. It is a fruit of the Spirit, but again, it's not something He's demanding in everything we go through, but He's asking you to count it all joy. And He's going to give us three reasons tonight as to why. Why can't I, even in a circumstance, as I said, you don't understand, Christian, why it's there or why it hasn't left, or there's no solution currently in your foresight. Why can I count it all joy? He's going to give us three reasons. And from the beginning, He gives us this reason. Because the trying of your faith, that's in fact what it is. It's a trial that refines your faith. When you fall into diverse temptations, when many colored situations come your way, these can be, these can be temptations that surround you. They can be temptations within you. No matter what or the, the present, uh, the, the source of your, of your temptation is, you are in a place where your faith is being refined. You are in a place where your faith, another word for refined, is being purified. I didn't know my faith needed purification. I didn't know that my faith had some wrinkles in it, if you would. I didn't know if there were some, there were some, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there was a lack of consistency in my faith. There was weakness in my faith. There was, there was a lack of virtue in my faith. Whatever the scriptures portray, there is something in our lives God sees, He's put His finger on and said, that needs to be refined. My faith's not as strong as I thought it was. And I can count it all joy knowing this, that I am, might be in a diverse temptation. I might be facing struggles from within or without, 
But I know something tonight. That I've just entered an opportunity to be purified. I see it differently now. I can count. Not, not a, not, I may not feel like I'm the most joyful in the house tonight, but I can reckon something. I can consider, like Paul said in the book of Romans, he said, consider that the sufferings of this present time, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. It's a mindset. It's your mindset toward what you're going through. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit for some of us tonight to take back our joy. The joy. You say, I don't need joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord Always, I've always had this in my mind that if I'm not joyful, something's wrong. I'm not in the place I ought to be or I'm not seeing what God wants me to see. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Count it all joy. Peter told us this. He said, no, now for a season you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. But he said, now... Even though you don't see the end of your faith, even though we don't see the end from the beginning, he said, right now you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I know, I know that sometimes we equate joy with a loud shout, but you can have joy and be as quiet as anybody. You, that joy, though, if it's a strength, what you're going to find in these texts is there will be an endurance and a strength to go through the trial. That's the result of true joy. Count it all joy. Why? Because I'm in a situation where my faith has an opportunity to grow. And without it, see, this is what we like. We don't want to hear this, but you wouldn't grow if the problem didn't come. You wouldn't grow. You wouldn't get to the other side if God hadn't orchestrated a situation to where your faith could be refined, to where your faith could be purified. What are diverse temptations? What's a trial? So many say, I'm in a trial today. I'm I'm facing a temptation. What, What is he talking about? Well, they can either, again, as we've already said, be outward or inward. It can be testing, denoting an enticement to sin. To, temptate, to, to tempt or, uh, or a temptation. Falling into diverse temptations reminds us of the condition of the audience in James' text. They were losing their lives. They were being persecuted. They were losing money. Some of them were facing intense poverty. Some of them were facing disappointment. Status in life, they had seen it dissipate. Disappointment. Discouragement, sickness in our bodies, diverse temptations. He didn't say you got to feel good about the cancer. He didn't say you got to feel good about the infirmity. But you need to count it all joy. Because He's allowed it to remain in order to refine you. He's allowed it to remain in order to purify you. And He says this. He says... Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. So those trials can be sickness. They can be loneliness. Bereavement. Loss of a loved one. Don't know why you lost the spouse. You don't know why you lost a son or a daughter. And the world doesn't know where to take that worry and that 
complaint. But in a moment, he's going to say, if some of you lack wisdom, <laughs> you need to come to God in faith, and he'll answer the question as to why. He'll give you wisdom as to why you're going through it. He'll give you an answer as to maybe it won't solve the whole problem, but it will help you to walk through that trial with faith. Bereavement, disappointment, these are the various trials that James is talking about. But my faith can experience refinement tonight. I'm glad about that. My faith desperately needs refinement. I'm not where I need to be. Amen? I know you are. But I'm not where I need to be tonight. There's much land to be possessed. Amen? I know I'm wearing the suit tonight, but my faith needs to be refined, just like yours. Proverbs 27 and 21 says this, As the fining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so a man, or so is a man to his praise. We're in refinement. I'm going to say that again. As the fining pot for silver, Proverbs 27, 21, and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. Do you know that the intention of God at the salvation experience was to refine you? And at day one, he was zealous about that work and he hasn't lost his zeal. You may have lost your interest in being refined, but God doesn't start something that he's not going to finish. Come on now. You may be wondering, how am I going to muster up enough strength? You're not going to. He that began a good work in you is going to do it. He that began a good work in you shall continue to what? Perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. There's a work of refinement that refers to impurities in our faith. Because it's the trial of your faith. It's the refining, not of your sin necessarily, but of your faith. There are impurities that only the trial can expose in order for them to be eliminated. You're in a refining process. And as these impurities in my faith are refined, what it results in is, here's the second reason we can count it all joy, I'm finding that I can now, what's the result of Him refining my faith? I can endure now. I'm glad, I'm thankful for the trial. I can count it all joy because now that the impurities, now that the heavy burdens, now that the unnecessary loads are removed, I'm finding a strength in my heart and in my life that I never had before. It wasn't a working that I started. It wasn't something I was in control of. But the Holy Ghost within me, He's starting to show this endurance, this ability to what? Well, when the next problem comes, there's a little more longevity. Come on now. There's an ability not just to come to church for a week and then quit. Not just to start reading your Bible and then lay it aside. But and it's more than that. But to endure. There's a strength there I haven't found. Why? Because something's, le something's left. He's refining my faith. And the impurities have been exposed and He's removing them to the side. So if it's endurance I didn't have before, you say, then what was He refining? Well, then must be that the refining of my faith was eliminating the things in my life which otherwise hold me back. There are things in the way of your endurance. 
sin. As the Hebrews writer would say, we all are familiar with the passage, but he says this. He says, seeing that you're going to run a patient, a patient race, that's kind of how he puts it. But he says, running this race with patience. Let's put it that way. A, a lengthy process, but he says, lay aside the, the sin, the weight, and the sin that does so easily beset you. You can't make it without laying it aside. Sin will burden you down. Let the Holy Spirit put His finger on the problem so He can remove the impurity and He can give you endurance. So, there are no two Christians equal. We'd all agree with that. So, if that's the case, we were born with certain idiosyncrasies and proclivities. Then guess what? There are no two trials equal. Why, why, why am I going through this, Lord? Did you know that God has cookie cut a trial that is shaped for your life? Specifically. It's a course that you run that no one else can run. Your impurities are not my impurities. That's not said braggadociously. That's just the reality. My trial won't look like your trial because... We're all in a process that's different. The same God, the same Holy Spirit, but the impurities that I have are not the ones you have, and vice versa. Though we find ourselves faced with things that are common to man, and the same sin nature I have, you have, but what you're struggling with may not be what I'm struggling with. So no two Christians are equal, therefore no trial of faith is equal. Some of us have different paths, different callings, but the course of your trial and the testing of your faith is overseen by the Holy Spirit. And it's been orchestrated by God to perfect that which... That's what He promised in His Word. To perfect that which concerns you. He's doing this. I can count it all joy because He's refining my faith and He's removing impurities. And all of a sudden... Like Isaiah promised. He said, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. I couldn't find the strength I need if I wasn't walking with Him. I might have wanted to quit, but I knew it was for my good. Come on now. Faith says I can count it all joy because I know that the Heavenly Father has orchestrated this trial of my faith for my good. And when He's done with me, I'm going to find a strength that I never had before. Maybe it's not just my strength, but it, and, and it sure isn't because the strength is the strength of the Lord. Amen? It's Christ who lives in me. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Anybody taking back joy tonight? I can see the trial a little bit differently when I see that His benefits are being worked into my life. Refining my faith and working endurance into me. He said, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And what does that mean? The ability to soar right over the enemy. The ability to fly right over the problem. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. 
That is supernatural. That's something the world can't explain. Why? Because I'm in the refiner's fire. I'm in the process of the potter molding and shaping me. And he's working into me. He's removing the impurities. And he is giving me strength to endure. You want to know a strong, vibrant Christian life? It's one who has patience in trials. Endurance. And you know what's true? With all of us, I said with all of us, it might look nice on TV when you're watching SBN, but this is for all of us. Looks can be deceiving. For all of us, this is true. Most people leave church because of someone or something. And the two greatest fruits you can have in your life are long-suffering and patience. Long-suffering is the ability to endure with people. (laughs) Patience is the ability to endure circumstances. And you hear it all the time. I left so-and-so's church because of what somebody did to me. You want to know what a weak Christian is? They're the one complaining about what somebody did to them. I'm preaching better than your amen. Long-suffering. We need it. Patience. Or man, this happened to me and why did God let it? And here they are, lickety-split. We don't see them anymore. Why? He said, count it all joy. I'm doing a work in your faith. I'm refining the impurities, and I'm building endurance. Someone say, I'm taking back my joy. I said, I'm taking back my joy. We're not leaving tonight until you're happy. (laughs) But he says this, What about the endurance? He says, let the endurance have her perfect work. What's he talking about? That you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. That bar's too high. Does he really mean it? That I might not be lacking anything? What did Jesus say in the Beatitudes? Be ye perfect. As your heavenly Father is perfect. As someone said, James is not insinuating we will reach perfection in this life. But why lower the bar? The Holy Spirit isn't. The patience and endurance, let patience have her perfect work. Let it, and it literally means this, let patience be fully developed. Endurance being fully developed. The enduring work of the Holy Spirit. The ability to travel through the trial. See, because he says, if we don't travel through the trial, we won't receive a crown of life. And now the trial can be momentary, but it can also be dispensational. It can be a situation, one, but it can also refer to just this life that we're living, awaiting our redemption. It's one long trial. And one day we're going to receive the reward of being faithful. But that endurance that's being worked into us is going to lead to perfection. I want you to know that God has not given up on perfecting you. The sin in your life, you may say it's too hard, it's too tough, I can't lay it down. But the Holy Spirit, as we walk with Him, and as He, as he purifies our faith, and as He builds endurance into us, we're going to look aside and say, wait a minute, there's something perfecting me. There's a change in my life. I'm not the man I used to be. He really is continuing the work that he promised he would do. 
There's something of importance here in this text. So you'll find that. Why can I count it all joy? My faith's being refined and I'm finding endurance. I'm getting stronger by His strength. But the translation, get a little technical here, reveals first the benefits of testing come only to believers who respond to them in the right way. Christians must, it says it here, allow endurance to do or have its intended work. Let patience, everyone say, let patience have her perfect work. That's your role. But you'll never, never let patience work into your life when you don't count the process all joy. When you can't see that God is, in fact, as He said in Romans chapter 8, working all things together for good. To those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. So when you're Endurance is fully developed. The ability to travel through the trial. What you're going to find is you're going to, he says it here, I'm not lying to you. You're going to be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Don't lower the bar when the Holy Spirit says to you, I want you to be perfected. I want to make you complete. Don't let Satan whisper in your ears saying, yeah, he's changed that about you, but he'll never change this. That's a lie. That's a lie that is only a trick of Satan so that he can slow you down and he can burden you down so that the race you're running is burdened down and you can't. The one thing we all know is when we're a little overweight and we go out for a jog, what happens? The only thing you're thinking about is, When's this going to be over? Give me a break now. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know what I'm saying. That's a fact. That's a, that's a fact. Whenever I'm a little overweight, I'm huffing and puffing. Lord, when's this going to be over? The only thing. How many Christians are simply thinking, God, when's this going to be over? I'm so tired of this life. I'm so tired of these trials. No, he said, count it all joy. How can we do so when I know it's for my good? I may not feel like it's good, but I know something. I understand that God is refining me and He's building endurance in me. And I'm seeing that endurance. What used to hurt me is not hurting me anymore. Come on now. Has He made you strong tonight? Or are we, are we in a place of needing His power? He said, I'll make you strong. He promised that He would make you a pillar in the temple of His God. He promised that He would make you trees of righteousness. The planning of the Lord that God may be glorified. That's what He promised. Man would say something else. No hope for you. But there's hope tonight. And that endurance is being worked. If you're walking with Him today, He's working power into you. His endurance is being perfected. That you might have everything you need. That's why I can count the trial all joy. Refining my faith. Building endurance. Listen to this. Nothing less than complete moral integrity 
will ultimately satisfy the God who is Himself holy and righteous, completely set apart from sin. What process are we in today? Sanctification. He's sanctifying us because He Himself is sanctified, sanctified, set apart from sin. Be ye holy as I am holy. That will never change. And He won't quit on you. And I'm so thankful for what James tells us tonight. Lastly, if any of you lack wisdom. Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abrades not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he would receive anything of the Lord. Unanswered and unstable. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Unanswered prayer and unstable. You know, that's the opposite. That's the picture James is giving of a man who's lacking wisdom, understanding as to why he's traveling through the trial. And doubt begins to set in. Doubt and unbelief. You say, it matters that I get some kind of answer from the Lord, some kind of understanding about what I'm going through and the reason for it? Absolutely. Because many today are growing bitter and complaining. Because that's the only other option. When we refuse to count every trial as joy. What's the only other alternative to tonight's message? You're going to find yourself grumbling and complaining. You're going to find yourself discouraged, disappointed, rather than finding the impurities leaving and the endurance being worked into you. Ask in faith. What's that mean? Not doubting. Well then, we can ask other ways. Don't ask in frustration. Don't ask with resentment. Don't ask in anger. God, why'd you do this to me? God, believe God when you ask Him. And He says, I'll answer. But how do we ask in faith? Are there other clues in the New Testament? He says, ask in my name and you'll receive it. Hello? How many need to ask God some things in the midst of your trial tonight? How many are wondering why? How many are looking for answers? How many are looking for a word from the Lord? Well, ask in my name. Well, what's that mean? We're asking God to fix the, the budget, fix the bank account, but we're not asking Him to fix the spiritual account. Like I like to say, we'll, we'll move all over the country to add a zero to the paycheck, but we won't come on a Thursday night to church. But we won't move a muscle for a good church. That tells us priority. That tells us what we're praying for. 
That tells us what we're asking God for. Are we more concerned with earthly things or heavenly things? Because he says, ask in faith, not doubting. And asking in faith, he says, ask in my name, you'll receive it. He says in John, he says, if you ask according to the will of God, you will have whatsoever you ask. So what does that mean? What's he saying? We're not asking to consume things upon our lust. But when he said it, specifically, Jesus said to his disciples, ask in my name. It means asking what glorifies his name. What kind of wisdom am I looking for in the midst of the trial? I'm looking for a way to glorify God. I'm looking for His perfect will. I'm looking to see what glorifies the name of Christ. And when I do so, I'll be asking according to the will of God. And I'll be asking in faith, not doubting and wavering. Where's the doubt and wavering come from? It comes from a place of you not being sure it's really the will of God. So what are you asking for? I'm seeking God's will in the midst of the trial. I'm not trying to go to the left or to the right. I'm not trying to turn around. I want to go God's way. But I need wisdom and I can count every trial joy. Why? Because my faith's being refined. Number two, he's working endurance into my life. And if I don't understand something, because that would maybe be the reason why I wouldn't be so happy. Lord, what in the world are you doing? I can come to him boldly. And I can ask, Lord, I need wisdom to travel through this trial. He says, if you ask, not doubting, your heart says, I want what God's will is for my life. Your heart says, because see, that's sometimes why the trial came. You've not been seeking His will. You can't ask in faith because the things you're asking for aren't in His plan for you. And the Holy Spirit will never give you the faith to believe for something that's not His will. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us faith. And faith is what a double-minded man is most of the time believing for something that God hasn't spoken. And they'll last for a moment but then fade away. And the trial continues on refining that which is in our lives that doesn't need to be there. But no matter what we understand, we can ask for God's wisdom in the midst of the trial and circumstance knowing He will answer. You will. That's that's a great thing to know. I I mean, it it might not be the answer you want, but at least you heard from God. I remember Carl Brown who shared this. He was... Started a church. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Start a church. Began, I think it was in um, uh, New Iberia, Louisiana. He shared this. And, and all of a sudden, Brother, Brother Brown was going on, and the Holy Spirit one Sunday morning said, when did I tell you to do this? When did I tell you to do this? And he literally, Brother Brown, told the church, I can't be your pastor anymore. Shut the doors. Somebody said, that's a tragedy. (laughs) No. Because God's not going to give you faith to continue doing what's not His will. And some, listen, someone who is a double-minded man is unstable in all His ways. Aren't you thankful tonight? You know, I'm going to say it again. You're going to get an answer from God. 
if you'll spend some time talking to him about the problem. He said, I will answer you. You believe and you trust and I'll show you what's wrong and I'll give you the wisdom you need to travel through this trial. That's a beautiful thing. Again, he might say something you're not ready for, but at least you'll know you're calling out to the right name. And when you do, you'll find you can count it all joy. I want us tonight to leave taking back our joy. I want you tonight to find again that the Lord's joy is truly your strength. And James is encouraging this in us. But we've got to be individuals who are embracing the process of the Holy Spirit to refine us. Only someone whose faith is being refined, only someone who's developing endurance, and only someone who finds wisdom. You see, God's, God wants us to learn something. That's wisdom. You can look back and do a word search on the word. What, what do I need wisdom for? Wisdom is not just knowledge. Wisdom, you know, ever heard this phrase, that old wise man? What's he know? He knows just how to do just about anything. Right? You work with an old, anybody work with an old wise man? He knows how to fix everything, right? It's a skill. It's not just knowledge of how to, or knowledge of, of a particular truth, but it's how to do something. How to walk in the midst of the storm. God, show me, give me the ability to travel through this correctly. That's wisdom. Somebody said wisdom is the application. I hope I'm not boring you tonight. It's the application of knowledge. I might know, all right, you ready? I might know the message of the cross, but do I have the wisdom of how to walk in what it says? (laughs) I could just preach right there for a minute. We, I know at this church we've heard it. I have the knowledge. I've got theological understanding. I could explain it to anybody. You can explain it, but can you walk in it? I'm not, be, I'm, not, I'm not trying to gloat or anything, but really, it's only real life circumstances that will put that knowledge to the test. It's only the real trial that comes your way that will test the genuineness of your faith. It's only real life circumstances that will show that you don't just have it here, but the Holy Spirit is bringing wisdom your way that you know how to travel through the trial. Because if you don't make it to the other side of the trial, you're not learning what the trial was meant to bring. And God's not bringing that extra endurance. So when the message of the cross or a new knowledge of something or this, that, and the other comes my way, the idea that all problems are going to go away, that's a lie. Or the idea that all of a sudden I won't struggle with any more sin or I won't have a need to be refined, that's not true. In fact, it won't be until you face something that the profession becomes a possession. You can confess all day long, but only the trial will show whether you possess and continue to possess what the Holy Spirit placed 
inside of you. Anybody counting it all joy tonight? I'm glad he's in my boat. And I'm glad for this process. It's the only one you're getting. You want something else, you're going to have to go find something on uh, TV. Somebody's going to have to lie to you. You're going to have to swallow it. I'm telling you the truth tonight. God's building an army. God's building soldiers who don't quit. He's building men of double heart who he said in the word of God can keep rank. They're not double-minded, double heart. They're not in one moment and out the next. Why? Because I'm being built. He's refining my faith and he's working endurance into my life. I didn't just post it on Facebook. He downloaded it into me. It's the Holy Spirit working in as he works out the impurities. Does anybody want that tonight? I know it's Thursday. I know it's raining. I know things might not be perfect in our nation tonight. I know things might not be perfect in your life as I asked you at the beginning. But I'm just asking you, is that what you want tonight? Do you want to take back your joy? Do you want to see what James was trying to offer us? To find that no matter the trial, because he said many colored, I don't know what you're going through. You don't know what I'm going through. But he said, no matter which one, there's not one that gets a special leg up. Every one of them, he said, count it all. Count it all joy. But it's not how you feel. It's what you reckon. It's what you consider. It's you seeing the good in the bad. And that's not just, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and do it yourself. But it really is the perspective of the Holy Spirit. Him trying to work in us. The ability to say, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to take back my joy tonight. Anybody with me? How many say I need joy? How many say tonight I've been lonely, I've been depressed, I've been anxious, I've been fearful, but I want to take back the joy of the Lord. Is anybody here tonight I want to pray with you? You say I need his joy to flow over me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. You say I need the joy of the Lord. To be my strength. I don't feel very strong. I don't sense that help right now. But I know it's there for me. And I know even though I don't feel it. I can count it. I can reckon and consider. That the help of the Holy Spirit. Is with me. Flowing in me and through me. Bringing me to that expected end. Bringing me that assurance. Bringing me that future He promised. Bringing me that ministry He promised. That door to be open. Whatever it might be. According to His will, He said, ask in faith, not doubting. You're going to receive an answer. How many tonight? Let's stand to our feet. No one looking around. How many would say, I need that touch? We're just going to sing the old song, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. And these altars are open tonight. If there's a need in your life, only you know. If you need to take back joy. If you need Him to help you walk through the trial. These altars are open. If you need strength, we're going to pray with you. And we're going to worship. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Come on, let's sing it together. Every hour, I need thee. Lay it at his feet. Oh, bless me now. 
my Savior. Lord, we thank you for what you're working in us. I come to you. Oh, come on, lift your hands. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. wants to bless you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Yes, trials in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Thee. Through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come, but God who called me here below will be forever mine, and I know His grace will lead Come on, sing amazing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. thank you for your presence and we thank you for the blessing of your word Lord we thank you for teaching us tonight and a gentle reminder that you're working something good in our lives though we not see the good though we can't understand what we're going through we don't have an answer right now we know if we'll call on you in faith you're going to lead us through so that we can take back our joy and we can live this life with the joy of the Lord by the Holy Spirit, not by might nor by power.